Where's the booze? All right. Regular hot dog card in here, huh? I guess I was probably returning videotapes. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! Hello there. Ooh, that's a bingo. Get away from her, you bitch! I don't have it. Screws fall out all the time. The world's an imperfect place. A little slow tonight, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Reviews and Brews. We're your host. I'm Ken. And I'm very excited for the Raccoon Cinematic Universe, Brad. I, I'm so there because there's only one other raccoon in a cinematic universe at this moment. So it's not an oversaturated market by, by any means at this point. So I'm ready. I'm 100%. ready for more raccoons. I don't know what raccoons are, like as far as what uh, genus they are. What are they related to? Are they part of the bear family? Are they part of the cat family? I have no idea. It might Trash be panda. Thing. Trash panda. Uh, we got a good one. A good one. It's so good. You're going to love it. We're reviewing everything, everywhere, all at once. Mom, just wait. No time to wait. Very busy. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. If you can imagine it, somewhere out there, it exists. Bigger than you realize. Do you think this is funny? There's no going back. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. (laughs) (laughs) Beer. We've been trying to find this one for a while. Um. If you are local to San Diego, and maybe you're not local to San Diego, it does seem that when Belching Beaver makes a Deftones beer, they all go quick. They go really, really fast. So they end up kind of being hard to track down, unless it's Phantom Bride, which is like their bread and butter beer. It's like what they, that's the beer that I think they make at this point. But today we got Beauty School, a Pilsner. Yay. <laughs> Simple. Well, I mean, the weather's really good out today. I was, I was actually shocked how nice the weather was since you and I decided to indulge in Record Store Day again. Now, why is there two Record Store Days this year? Why not? I mean, no, it's good for us. I just don't <laughs> understand. I thought it's supposed to be like a special event. Now it's like, yeah, we'll have two or three, ten of them in a year. You know, honestly, I think it has to do with the fact that records take a long time to make now. Like, it's cool. You put your order in. You're not going to get it for half a year. That type of shit. Uh, I mean, I know they did it twice originally because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, kind of like, screw it. We're just going to do it all the time. Cash grab, man. Why not? I'm into it. I'm into Everybody's it. trying to make that money. I don't need it to be special. I'm an adult. No, for sure. But either way, beauty school. The Pilsner yes. made by Belching Beaver. Local well, to I, San Diego. I was leading into that. The, the, the how we got to that point was there's a bottle shop down the street in downtown La Mesa, and we walked in there just like, "Hey, we need beer for this episode." And you and I were kind of cruising through the aisle, and you have this tendency to instantly go, ah, "No, dog, that's it." I'm like, oh, "What?" You just hone in on stuff pretty quick. But I'm right. <laughs> if I was wrong occasionally, then it'd be one of those things where it's like, "Dude, I hate it when you do that." But every time, I'm like, 
yeah, this is it. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah, dude, this is it. Are, are you the guy in the action movie or the horror hero that like busts open and says, because I'm the guy that's going to save all your asses? No, I'm, I'm the guy that's like the exposition machine that tells you how shit's going down. You know what I mean? You mean, like, you oh, mean the, the stoner in Cabin Fever? Yeah. <laughs> the the stoner. Not Cabin uh, Fever, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin yeah, in the woods. That's yeah. me, 100%. Like, I don't know what's going on, but this is how it goes. Yep. I'm just really stoned, guys. Don't mind me. But I see everything. How are we going to figure yeah. this out? I'll get more high. It'll become more clear. <laughs> I just get a little high. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. how we found the beer. We did. Uh, Beauty School. Man, it's, uh, it's a pretty easy drinking Pilsner, uh, which is kind of funny considering that out here, it's just dank awareness week, every week, every month. And it's... Not that I'm complaining, but it's just it's one of those things where it's nice to kind of have a very easy drinking, very mellow beer that's not boring. Uh, On first few sips of the beauty school, you'll be like, huh, I was kind of expecting more. But as your palate becomes accustomed to it, it's not boring. It's just delightful summer beer for sure. Oh, I think we've just been inundated with all these super hoppy beers. So I think our palates have kind of been on overdrive. So when we get something like this, I think it just throws us off kilter. Now, my, myself, I've been trying to steer away from the IPAs all the time now. I am more into the light beers, especially when summer comes around in San Diego, which is funny. Like, you know, when summer comes around San Diego, it goes from being like a freezing 67 degrees to a nice 72. Uh, that's all year round, by the way. Uh, but hey, you know what, though? This can actually did the work for us today. It actually has a thing on it. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I think it's probably the same thing that's on their site, is it? Do, do you want to do your best Richard Attenborough uh, impression? Um, I'll, I'll make Sean mad if I do. Is it? Is it the same? It, it what, is the same. It is the is, same. Is it the same? Okay. Yeah, I thought okay. you meant do, do all British people sound the same? I was like, well, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Let's see if I can get the Attenborough on. Okay. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> you know you're gonna sound like Michael Caine, right? I know. Michael Caine. Uh, Beauty School is a modern take on the classic Pilsner style. This beer tastes the crisp and refreshing drinkability <sighs> of a bright Pilsner, and packs in a dry hop regiment of tropical flavors and dank aromas that will drive you wild. You'll be shooting for the stars after just one sip. Not bad, El- right? Not bad, right? <laughs> Can Elmo watch you party now? <laughs> oh, no, not bad. Not bad at all. I highly recommend this beer. Although I say this almost every single time we have Belching Beaver on. Well, their beer on at least. Um, I don't know if you can get it all kinds of places yet. Is it no. in other states yet? I think really the only beer that you can get in other states is Phantom Bride. Because we've done, I think we've done every single deftones beer on the show except for white pony because that is the hardest one to get um i think you can get it at their tap rooms like they'll have it on draft all the time but they very rarely have it canned which sucks because it might actually be the best can art out of all of them it's just the silver white pony logo and it is just so tasteful it looks like an album cover like a super basic like it looks like the white the white pony album cover um depending on which variant you got but um yeah i i honestly don't think we've missed a beer the only other one that i'm thinking that we may not have done is 
the Deftones Mexican Lager, Dia de los Deftones. Have we done that one? No. And you know what? The other one we didn't do, we drank it, but we didn't do was that super desserty one. No, we did it on the did show. Did we do it? Oh, uh, right, good, we... good Morning Beautiful. Oh, that's yeah. right. Because we were talking about making a reduction and putting on brownies. Yeah. Yeah. But what, why do we, we always go to the fat guy zone? Like, oh, this would be delicious on a oh, cheeseburger. It needs butter. That's if you put butter on it, it would be delicious. Because we're fucking gluttons, dude. We well, live in the city of gluttony. I know. I know. It's like you think to yourself, like, yeah, I could stand to get in shape. And then, ooh, pretzels. It just doesn't happen. Or and, it's you know, like. I am doing so good, dude. I've eaten salads all week. I've had some pretty good exercise. And then I'll see an ad for Royal Rooster and whatever burrito they're going to make this week. And it's like, that's a 7,000 calorie burrito. And I'm going to eat every fucking inch of it. And it's going to be the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. It is true. Uh, We actually have, before we even get into the movie, I feel like a lot has happened. (laughs) Up, up and because between this and the Batman episode, um, oh, yeah, there's like a month delay, but there's all kinds of stuff, and we're sorry that we disappeared for so long. But before I get into why, uh, I love that the first thing that you do when you get home today, like after we went to the record store, you text uh, our group chat, and Neb, of course, is the first one to answer. Now, if you listen to our Batman episode and many other episodes, our buddy Ben. We have him on all the time. We refer to him as Neb Nebula. He's got all kinds of nicknames. Uh, he's very jealous because he lives in Utah and we're constantly throwing beers like, yeah, cheers, buddy. And you said that pick. And then instantly <laughs> I text right behind you. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Cheers. <laughs> it's one of my favorite fa- pastimes is pissing Ben off. It's I don't want to hurt I his feelings. <laughs> and, and, we're real, and we're really behind on setting, sending him beers. But like his responses are just Mwah, they're golden. I do it out of love. That's all I can say. I do, do it you? out of love. I, I mean, am my own entertainment for sure. You know what though? <laughs> at least, at least he just gives you a quick like you're a dick. But then if I send a picture of a Modelo, I get like a basically a novel. Of how text. dumb and how basic you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that at a grocery store, a gas station. What are you doing? I'm like, I live in San Diego. You put a lime in it. You eat it with the. Ta- you drink it with a taco. Like it's it's a staple. Trust me. I get. <laughs> but. Yeah, I love I love making him mad. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. hundred yeah, percent. I'm, I'm, I'm scared he's gonna I, I I'm scared he's gonna prank me uh on our, our bachelor weekend. So I'm getting married in in September and I'm flying out to Utah and Brad and I and a group of the, the Utah boys are staying up at a cabin for four days. It's gonna get very interesting. I think we are gonna do an episode while we are up there, so definitely stay tuned for that because it's gonna be weird. It'll get weird for sure. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna get totally weird. But back to why we've been missing for so long. So a, a few things happened. Your birthday. So happy birthday, belated. Yeah, a month ago. Yeah, but yeah. I already. I mean, I celebrated with you on yeah, your birthday. So you it's did. not really. I already said happy birthday to you. Uh, we got shit faced. We did. Yeah. Um, if you singing Italian songs too. Oh yeah, no, it, it it was a crazy adventure. If you subscribe to our Instagram page, there's a picture of Brad and I brown bagging. It kind of looks like we're huffing glue. Like this is what we do for birthdays in San Diego. <laughs> Um, we huff glue, we huff paint, and then we get Barrio Logan beers. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, we it's very Clerks-esque, that picture, which makes me laugh even harder. It's That's like, true. Yeah, I didn't pretty- suck any dicks in the parking lot, though, so there what? is that. <laughs> it's a Clerks joke, man. You can't tee oh, up yeah, for a Clerks yeah, yeah. joke okay, and I'm not. Sorry, sorry. Come on, man. Uh, come on. Uh, which we got to go to that that uh, panel at Hall H. They're doing a Clerks panel with Kevin Smith. So Yeah. 
that should be fun. Anywho, so yes, we celebrated super hard. We got into the paint. Brad and I got drunk. I felt like I was taking him to the toy store as a kid because we go to the record shop. I'm like, Brad, you can pick out one record, you know, aka one toy. Really, Dad? Really? Yeah. You look like supermarket sweep going through the aisles, but then instantly you're like, Niners Nails. Well, was it Niners Nails? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. It was hesitation marks because I didn't have that, but I bought something else that night. Uh, the Police. Yeah, I brought I bought Synchronicity. So you bought me a record and I also bought a record at the same time. And all of my memories of that instance was very hazy. Well, we went to a place called Fall Brewing before, which we've had uh, Dan on from the from. Uh, Never heard of Fall Brewing before. I'm not wearing a Fall yeah. Brewing hat at this so moment in time. Our previous yeah. episodes, uh, you can find Dan. He was he is one of the head brewers at what well, is the head brewer at Fall, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know he's the he is the man. He's the dude. Uh, I feel like I'm partly sponsored by Fall at this point. You are Garth in Wayne's <laughs> world when you're talking about not selling out. Yeah, just decked out in Reebok, but it's just all fall gear. Yeah. A hundred percent. But so we went there first, then we got tacos and brown bag some thorn brewing barrio lager. Shout out to Tom Kylie, another one of our buddies over yep. there. Uh, some burrilla tacos. Oh, dude, so yeah. good. So good. And then we ended up at a place that you and I swore off for the rest of our lives because remember, we we met those uh, really, two- really cunty cunts. I'm not going to use that word because Sean's not on this episode when there's no British guy to be kind of like the. Beer. Yeah, I'm not using that but, word, but they were cunts for sure, dude. They were just too cool for school. And I was immediately not interested in talking to them ever again. one was wearing a jumpsuit now folks at home this wasn't like <laughs> no this wasn't like brad and I, brad and i were out there for like you know checking out chicks it was a friend of a friend that had these two girls over there and he uh, was they, checking out chicks for sure he was you and yeah. i were just like we we're on a pub crawl for the show and that's how we actually kind of discovered final uh vinyl junkies we that is we stumbled 100%. in there we stumbled in there you should have bought that Primus album. I have a picture of yeah, you because it. now it's like $300. <laughs> so we did that. And then uh, so we, we swore this place off because of that incident. But somehow we ended up in there on your birthday with uh, some co-workers of yours. And uh, one of them who's legendary to us now. He, he is our Borat, Enzo from Italy. Yeah, Enzo's uh, a fun dude. I mean, any guy that sings Singing in the Rain, but it's Sinking in the Rain. I mean... Mm-hmm. Gold. every day every day sinking to the rain yeah it's fantastic it's, he's the best yeah all those kind of cliche italian guys in movies you live it when you're with enzo and i love every second of it he's the yep. best uh so then, drunk too yeah and it's usually every it's always drunk yeah so then we stumbled over to uh vinyl junkies got our records and then we ended up getting indian food and really hung over you did i didn't Besides the point, you had a good birthday. <laughs> I did. I did. I have zero complaints. It was very. It was a very fun day. It was eight hours. Not joking. Not exaggerating. It was eight hours of drinking. It was yeah. very, very fun. It kind of got to the point where it was like, why are we still drinking? Maybe we should take a break. And we didn't. We went Olympic style. A hundred percent went Olympic style. It was. It was fun. I had. I had a blasty blast. But then. Things kind of got dark. It got dark. <laughs> it got dark. So you start your your tale of this, and then I'll start my tale of this. Uh, so I traveled to Salt Lake a couple days after this, or the day after this. I honestly can't remember. And contracted Uncle COVID. 
Dun, dun, dun. After two and a half years, I finally got the COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. And <laughs> I got it at a house party with a bunch of friends that are all vaxxed, boosted, and then some. You know what I mean? A lot of people that were taking shit seriously, and we all got it in one night. <laughs> I love that because everybody is so safe. Like, well, if we're together, I mean, we're kind of doing this yeah. together. We'll no, be I, fine. I trust you, man. Do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. Okay, cool. We're fine. Let's make out. You know, yeah. that's basically what happened. We didn't let's all out, but... <laughs> let's all lick the same doorknob. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. I and it's uh, Neb was part of this. Neb had to go to Michigan the next day, and oh, his was the worst. Yeah, yeah. I think he got stuck in Lansing, Michigan. Well. If there are any listeners out there in Lansing, Michigan, is it as bad as it sounds? Because it sounds pretty bad. Can be any worse than Ohio. <laughs> any listeners in Ohio? Is it really as bad as it sounds? Um, so I I was sick and still actually kind of am. I don't I don't think I have like the long COVID as it said, but I have noticed some side effects of having this sickness. So go get fucking vaxxed. Go get boosted. Don't fuck around with this stuff, man. Like it's 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 pretty bad. It's the sickest I've ever been. And then I think I got home from Salt Lake. Uh, I tested probably like seven or eight times throughout the course of being sick. And it was like the third or the fourth time that I actually started testing positive. And right about there is when you got sick. <laughs> well, so we like I said before, we have this text thread going and everybody in the text thread Minus yours truly got COVID. So, of course, I'm going to bust everybody's balls. And then I go see Mastodon with my family. We're like, let's bring the girls to a metal show. Uh, which I think what it is, I think we got a little little negligent these these days. We got a little safe A little again. bit. A we little got a little bit. too comfortable. You know, I mean, I obviously I trust being around you guys. Like, we're, we're all pretty safe. Uh, even during Christmas time, we were, you know, pretty hunkered down. You and Melissa were like the only people we had come over. But yeah, we took the kids to go see Macedon, and that was on a Saturday. Come that Monday, my throat started feeling scratchy. And of course, I'm like, oh, I went to a rock concert, just going, woo, play Freebird. That's probably why I have a sore throat. And I just had this weird feeling after all you guys got COVID. Obviously, you were in Utah, so there's no way I got it from you. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to test. So, I did two things. I tested with my nostril and then I tested with my throat. Nostril came back negative. Throat came up like, yeah, you failed this fucking test hard. <laughs> it came up and fuck you red. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like yeah, 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 oh, yeah. bro, you fucked up, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was that was just the appetizer, the nasal one. This is the one you, you gone and done fucked up. Uh, and then so I started reading more. I know that there's a debate about the throat testing, but apparently Omicron like starts in your throat goes, I, I'm not a doctor. So you, you, this is all alleged. I'm just, I'm just telling you what I've read. And I know, I know with you too, as far as testing for the throat was far more accurate. So I started doing that and I was ill for dude, probably a good 10 days. And the first day and a half wasn't too bad by day three and four, I felt like I was poisoned, like alien. It was like alien flu. Yeah. It felt kind of like the flu, but I can't really explain like nerve pain, like all kinds of weird stuff. You were joking about this, but it's like, oh, dude, it's 75 degrees. It's the most comfortable weather. I couldn't get warm on that third day. Like I was freezing the entire day. 
And I, I was had bouts like, of both. Oh, dude, I just can't get warm. And then I'd get way too warm. I'm like, oh, it's so fucking hot. Yeah. Same yeah. here. So go get vaxxed. Go get yeah. boosted. Don't fuck around with that shit, man. It sucks. I can't. If Here's the thing. If vaccine and boosters makes that shit better, right? Like when you actually contract it and you're sick and it makes it less bad, I cannot even fucking remotely fathom going through that worse. It was the, yeah, no, it's the it most was, sick I've ever been in my entire life, man. Like it was bad. So don't fuck around with that shit, man. I, the nerve pain that I was feeling in my upper thighs, it was like I had a moment. I, you know what I felt like? Sam Jackson in glass when he's all broken on the ground. <laughs> Mama, I can't feel my legs. I, that's <laughs> what it felt like. It was so weird. It's it's kind of like when like, you know, when you have too much to drink and you're you got like restless leg syndrome. It's kind of like that. But nah, like, I, I'm old, but I'm not that old, dude. Well, it was like that times 12. I just couldn't get comfortable. And it was very weird because I'd be sitting on the couch and I get these bouts of feeling kind of normal for a second. I'm like, oh, I'm good. And then I would I can get do up. The dishes. Yeah. And I get to be like, you're going to have to help grandpa get back to the couch. I'm, I'm, I'm weak. So, yeah, I know we don't get, you know, too socially crazy or political on this show. But I'm sorry. After having COVID, when people are like, See, you got vaccinated and you still got sick. Dude, you guys aren't, you're missing the point. The point is it helps you so you don't end up in the hospital. And what we yeah. had sucked. It sucked so hard. So just take care of yourself. Like I said, man, I can't under, I, I honestly cannot even comprehend how it could have been worse. It was so bad. Uh, well, so fucking bad. But you know what the funny thing is though, our youngest, she's, she's like Logan. She's like sick for a day. She's like, all right, what are we going to do today? I'm like, no, you're, you're contagious. Still. She's like, We're going to Vegas. I feel good. <laughs> Whereas our, our oldest was like, she went on full like uh, Ellen Ripley into like the cryo chamber. She, I think she slept. She would only have two hour intervals to three hour intervals a day where she'd get up, eat, take a shower, and then go right back to bed. You know, it that's, was just that's the dream right there. Like sickness or not, like that's like. What's your ideal day? Uh, I sleep all day. I wake up. I shower. I eat, and then I go back to bed. Like that's my ideal day. Maybe catch one episode <laughs> of Stranger Things. Uh, which, by the way, God, season four yeah. is so good. So hey, we have other shit to talk. I about, know. Man. So, but anyways, I, I just wanted to update the audience. Like we had COVID adventures. It's something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, sick for two weeks, man. It was brutal. And then, like I said, I'm still having some side effects. They're not as bad now, but. Uh, it, that shit's real, man. That well, shit's it, it, fucking real. It was the most metal way for me to get COVID at a Mastodon concert. So it was kind of worth it because Mastodon rules, but it was pretty funny. I'm Real pretty quick. sure I got mine sharing a margarita with Skizzy, who is I know I, got me sick. I saw the Instagram post. They're very romantic. You guys cutting lions yeah. together. I mean, what kind of way? Scott's he's just a lovely guy. He's a gentleman, dude. He's a good yeah. gentleman, that guy. All right, dude. Let's get into the thick of things. Man, I watched a movie today that just blew my mind, like blew my mind. Like for me, you and I are just nerds when it comes to like existentialism and just really getting deep in the psyche of the, the human experience. And I feel like movies have kind of lost that recently with just the, you know, we're getting barraged with the hit over hit of just, I don't know, the Jurassic parks. And even yeah, the but there's dinosaurs in it. Yeah. But your writing sucks. Yeah. yeah. But there's dinosaurs. Okay. I know that I understand. Jeff Goldblum had a flare in the first Jurassic Park, but in Dominion, he holds a stick on fire. He's it's got different. two flares. I haven't seen Jurassic Park, but it sounds awful. Or Jurassic World, sorry. 
<laughs> it just sounds now, so bad. It sounds I, awful. And I know the audience is like, dude, you guys are off your game. Why aren't you gonna go see like the the big hits like Maverick? And I'm sure we're gonna get there, but yeah. I think this might be one of the more important movies to see. Like, you know, like when a movie just hits super hard, like you're like, oh, this is gonna be a classic. This is gonna probably be studied in film class. Yes. I think this is it. I think this is it. I might be wrong. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong because uh this might be the best movie that I've seen in like the better part of a decade, like for really reals. Uh, I cannot remember a, uh, everybody. If, if there are longtime listeners to the show, they should know that I'm black hearted as fuck and that it's really hard for me to feel like anything in a movie. This movie fucked me up. <laughs> like, Oh, Jerry, my did, God. did you feel it move Jerry? Uh, do like yeah i felt it move like uh this this movie has so much emotional content to it and it's done in such a silly and entertaining way that you don't necessarily realize that you're getting bombarded with such emotional content that it's i I think you're right like that there's a there's a level to be studied about this show there's a there's something about it that is so unique and so fresh that is ah man it's it's a it's a fucking masterpiece. It's my movie of the year. If there is a movie that is better than this that comes out, oh my god, man, we're talking like Citizen Kane level shit at that point because well, and, this movie the, was perfect. The silliness sets you up for that gut punch at the end of like, oh, I get it, I yeah. get it, and I get it so hard because you know the casual viewer could be watching this, be like, I don't know what's going on, but it really does come to this huge culmination. Uh, we are talking about everything everywhere all at once. And if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. So yeah, turn it off the episode. Now uh, I know it's available to buy. You can't rent it yet, but you can buy it on voodoo, Apple, all the platforms. And I it just, is worth every goddamn yeah, penny. I, and I, I kind of knew it. Cause I, you know, I, I heard the buzz. I saw the trailer. Then you, you saw it kind of affirmed it for me. And I really wish I would have saw it on the big screen. Not to yeah. say that, you know, seeing it in 4K at home, it's not a bad thing. And I got up early this morning, put the coffee coffee pot on at 5.30 this morning. I started watching it and, like, instantly was just sucked into this movie. And um, it may not be Morbin time, but, man, <laughs> wow, wow, uh, wow, 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 wow. It's an important movie, man. It um, is. I remember, okay, so I remember when we went and saw it in theaters, like, so ever since contracting COVID, like I'm, I was always paranoid before, but now I'm like ultra paranoid. And when it comes to seeing movies in theaters, it's going to be like, I'm still wearing a mask and it better be fucking empty. Yeah. And everything everywhere all at once was one of those movies that I wanted to see. The next movie that is actually out and streaming and all that shit right now is the unbearable weight of ta- uh Uh, and we will do that i think that is a kind of another we have to do that now that i've seen paddington 2 i feel like i'm prepared to see the the nick cage movie i love how a movie about a bear is getting you prepared to see a movie about like has nick cage paddington 2 fucks man i know so good i I, I keep hearing about it i've seen the first one because the first one rocked it rocked Uh, the second one is is really i mean we're getting a little off tangent but let me just tell you Paddington 2 it's it's not just like a a meme it's not a 
uh, joke. It's it's legitimately yeah. fucking delightful. It's it a is, landmark of British cinema is basically what you're saying. Like if the, if the first so movie is delightful, this is just like, this is Patrick Stewart tucking you in at nighttime and, and reading to you all, and you smell the Earl Grey on his breath. Yeah. And then yeah. you just, you just, as you're cuddling with Ian McKellen. It's, um you know, that feeling that you get when you watch Ted Lasso. Oh, the best feeling. Yeah, that's that's Paddington Tooth from start to finish. It's just it's it's we we honestly should just do a separate episode on Paddington Two because we could I, go on for a while. You know, we've been it. trying to get uh, composer Chris on uh, a show. We haven't done anything. Oh, with we him. should totally I do think, Paddington. Let's just, let's just do Paddington Two with him. Oh my god, that's a genius idea. Uh, Doubleheader, we'll do that, and then unbearable weight of uh, massive talent with him. Doubleheader it because they're they are tied together you know that right is it the same director no the i'm not gonna explain it I'm pedro just pascal say, like what that's that's pretty much it but we're not gonna go into it just, <laughs> no, they like are paddington shows up in the <laughs> nick cage movie. uh but anyway nick, nick cage buys him for eight hundred thousand dollars and goes bankrupt that's what yeah. hey you bought him in a tyrannosaurus rex school I can't remember where we were going with this. Um, emotional content. No, no, we were just talking about your movies of the year. Um, yeah. But le- I will say this, and I, you know, I bad on us because we are on top of things a lot of time, but we got sick and yada, yada, yada. I know we probably should have done Doctor Strange, uh, the multiverse of madness. And that is something that Brad and I really, really wanted to see. And I'll tell you this right now, the movie that we're reviewing today should have been that movie. And it's yeah. not. If we were going to rate Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, it would probably be anywhere between a 1.5 pint and a 2 piner for me. It's and it's mostly it's pretty bad. It's pretty it's not bad. a good movie. It's not um, good. which is a bummer because he's my fucking favorite character in the whole goddamn thing, but uh it is what it is. But to your point, there's actually a multiverse in this movie. It's not like, yeah, dude, there's a multiverse. You're going to see like 3 seconds of each one and then we're going to end up in a universe where red means go and yeah. green means stop and, and pizza, and pizza balls. Yeah, balls. but not those kind of balls just actually pizzas <laughs> no this we get to live in this universe in this movie um i guess we should jump into the plot can i do the plot this time you you are more than welcome to the plot uh, i know you're passionate about this i'm re- i think this movie fuck you are up, so man. hermione granger yeah. in the back of the class going oh oh can Ooh. i oh can me, I, me me can i um okay so this synopsis is a little spoilery spoil spoilery there we go um a woman does her taxes that's it that's the plot (laughs) you can do better than that i'm kidding okay so a woman does her taxes and questions all of her life's decisions as she goes through them while transcending generational trauma. Mm-hmm. There you go. That is the movie. Being an immigrant into the United States. There's there's more to it. This movie, okay, the title in itself is really what it's about. It's about everything. Yeah. But it really is more or less about acceptance of your life choices, being present in the moment, and transcending any kind of trauma that your parents have passed on to you uh, and finding peace and happiness within it. When also finding the beauty in others that have been uplifting around you the whole time and yes. you kind of taking it yeah. for granted. Yep. A hundred percent. 
you know, it's interesting, and I, I can't speak obviously for the Asian community because I'm as white as white can be. Um, but everybody kind of like praised Shang Chi for kind of being that movie, and I feel like this. You couldn't movie... have said that whiter, dude. No, but what Shane, I'm saying, Shang Chi, isn't what? that his name? Whatever. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I, I feel like this is really important for people to see, especially that are you know in the Asian community that like the, the representation in this film is so strong. Well, so yeah, strong half of the movie is in the subtitles and it's all in mandarin and that's you know one of my mean? favorite dude, i love how they go in and out of mandarin into english with the subtitles and, and i love that because i mean let's face it i'm sure a lot of immigrants that come to this country they'll do that you know they'll, they'll have their conversations and especially with the younger generation their kids and stuff like that who primarily speak english they're going in and out of their their language i did love you, how to do that did you know that there was a movie that's based around that concept of like Crisscrossing languages. Spanglish with Adam there you Sandler. Go, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I'm so glad that you caught that. Awesome. <laughs> but Adam Sandler, he doesn't but, know Spanglish. <laughs> but what, what I think it is though, because I think like now we're finally entering that that era of like representation, which is it's really like awesome. Like I finally we're getting movies like that, and I feel like whatever the Marvel movie that I mispronounced earlier, Shang Chi. Uh, Shang Chi. Um, I don't like being that like guy from the United States though that like speak like speaks French and then the French guy goes, eh, "Don't try to have the accent. Just just don't do that." I feel, <laughs> I, you know, like really, you you don't know, you can't do it. Uh, okay, so but, then it's Shang Chi. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but no, it's just one of those things where it's just like now that we're finding we're we're getting cultural films. This one just felt I don't know. It felt important all those levels, for sure. And like, you felt that as a white dude. I know. And like, it hit me. A middle-aged like, white dude. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow. Like, just, I, I should know more about my own culture and like the, the, my past and my history and things like that. And I don't, I really dude, don't. Do you know what white people's cultural history is? Uh, Mayonnaise the, is spicy. <laughs> uh, or, or uh, the Alexander Skarsgård movie. I'm a Viking and I'm going to kill him. Kill who? Everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, yeah, this movie just knocked my socks off on, on so many different levels. Uh, again, like you were saying, probably one of the, the, the best films of this year and probably the most important. Uh, don't even know where to go from here. It's like such a different roadmap to follow. All right. Well, let's start with the style of this movie. That's something that I really wanted to talk about. Um, I think we get there. I think we need to talk about characters, though. Okay, talk about characters because we're we're dealing with Michelle Yeoh, who, if you've seen Crouching Tiger, that's kind of like when she was thrusted into the American lexicon of pop culture. Um, and by the way, in her fifties, still rocking martial arts like it's effortless. Yes, yeah, like, because she's fit as fuck, man. <laughs> dude, I'm just like I get out of my car and I go ah. ah. And yeah. She's like, yeah, give me something hard to do. I mean, she's she's like, just, oh, you want me to flip a fucking 60 pound riot shield like it's a pizza sign? Cool. Let's go. Oh, and by the way, if she doesn't get nominated for an Oscar this year, it's going to blow my mind. Like, blow uh, my mind. Don't 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 get your hopes up. But she I know, is. I, she is. Fan- well, honestly, dude, like uh, when I went and saw this, you asked me this question. She uh, that that key. The, did he kill it? And it's like, honestly, man. Every actor in this movie is on 10 the whole time. Every actor. And Michelle's part of that for sure. But 
everybody brings their oh no they totally do but that's the thing we also get a welcome return of kihu kwan from goonies and indiana jones the temple of doom he hasn't done a movie since uh he had a small part in Encino Man as the computer club guy. And that was it. I think it's the last movie that he's done. 20 years, dude. 30 years. 30? 30. 30. Well, okay, we're, we're, we're talking about acting. He didn't disappear from movie making. No, he was a, he was a stunt yeah. coordinator, right? Yeah. yeah and and but his, dude, his martial arts in this movie, he's just like, we're going to get into it. But um, talk about welcome return to acting and phenomenal performance too. I, I, yeah. I think this movie meant something to everybody that was a part of it, but That's yeah, I mean, uh, Evelyn, the, the main character that Michelle Yeoh plays. Uh, yeah. She's just, just down on her luck. She, she immigrated over from China with her husband and uh, it was to the dismay of her father who wanted more for her uh, pl- played by, was it James, James Hong, who's James been Hong. around forever. If you yeah. know James, Hong, big trouble in little China. Dude um, is almost a hundred years old, man. <laughs> and still just killing it. Uh, and I, he just got a, a star on the walk of fame recently too, which yep. is totally rad, but yeah, unbeknownst to, uh, him, he's just like, you know, I want this great life for you. And she runs away with key and they move to the United States and open up a laundromat. And it's just kind of like, he's, he's got more of a, just a simple dream. Like, I just love my wife. I just want to have a business and just have the American dream, just prosper and just do my best. It's not about being rich or anything like that. But Evelyn has always had thoughts of grandeur. Like she wants to be a singer. She wants to do this and do that. And which puts their family in debt essentially, because she has all these different ideas that never come to fruition. And so they get audited. And so they have to deal with Jamie Lee Curtis auditing. (laughs) And by the way, Jamie Lee Curtis, it is amazing. I love we get a break from the Laurie Strode Halloween thing and we get Jamie Lee kind of going back to like the trading places era, like just getting a really silly performance. She dude, like not again, it doesn't seem like anybody had a bad time in this movie. It no. seems like everybody was having a blast, but she Jamie Lee Curtis had the most fun. Oh, this she's movie. so funny. 100%. And she's got this like goofy little prosthetic gut and she looks all just like downtrodden and beat up. I don't think that is a prosthetic. I think it is. No, she was, she's really fit in the Halloween movies. She talks about that. She's been interviewed where she was like, it's finally good to be just me in a show. No, she, she takes Activia every day. (laughs) She's very regular. Her probiotics are, she's just up and up on that. Um, well, whatever. Point being, she does this frumpy IRS auditor to perfection. She's so awesome. So yeah, she uh who also has butt plugs for like employee of the year. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> it's IRS, man. Come on. But but they're being audited and all the while also dealing with the fact that their daughter, and they only had one one kid, is, is coming out. And of course. Michelle Yeoh just doesn't want to reveal that to her father who has come into town because he's a very traditional man from the old country. So she's like, she already feels like she let him down the first time by going off with, with her husband. And now it's this next, you know, level. And she, it feels like she's lived for everyone else, but herself. And mm. this is where something gnarly happened to some degree, to some degree. To she's, degree. Com- yeah. she's compromised her dreams to some degree, but also the dreams of others. Uh, her father projected on her what she should do. Um, not, not so much her husband. I think her husband's always been pretty pure. He's like the sweet angle to her life. Yes. Uh, 
the much neglected and I don't realize how awesome he is husband. Well, he's been the constant. And like I said, Kihu Kwan's just, he's phenomenal in this movie. Like it, it, the sweetness of data and Goonies and short round and temple of doom, like it's there, but now with just such steez, dude, yeah. he's got so much style. Oh my yeah. God. Very nuanced so performance. Cause we get, you know, this kind of layered, like dullard type husband. I'm just a nice sweet guy that loves you so much, but you get hit in the stomach by the end of the movie of why he loves her so much and how much his love matters. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say at this point when they're getting audited and after all this kind of stuff has culminated about them losing their business. Oh, and she's possibly going to get divorced because he's serving her divorce papers, even though he doesn't want to divorce her. He thinks it's going to be the catalyst of them getting their relationship together. He ultimately cares about her happiness the yeah. most. And he thinks that this is something that will get them to talk to make her happy. I guess from this point, though, <laughs> dude. The multiverse ensues. And it's not even shenanigans. It's no. just, it gets fucking weird, bro. <laughs> like, so weird. I mean, he comes online as a different, a different version of himself while they're going to get audited. Uh, he starts talking to uh, Michelle Yeoh about that she's essentially kind of like the Neo of this movie that you're kind of our last hope because there's this looming threat that wants to destroy the multiverse. Dude, but why she's the one is the best part of this movie. 100%. It's, you suck at everything. Yeah. You've, you've tried this, that, and the other, and you quit like halfway through. You've done this all your life, and it's come to this moment so that you can be maybe okay at this other stuff. Well, which is it's great. so fucking funny, man. What's the biggest like movie trope of all time? Like, oh, I see the potential. She has zero potential. <laughs> and that's why she's the one. She's the worst. And that's why she's going to be the savior. That's the funny. And when she's like, oh, there's there's no way that I could be the worst. He's like, yeah, you're the worst. <laughs> oh, no. O almost to the point where he gives up halfway through the movie. Like, nah, I guess I was wrong I, I about was you. Wrong. <laughs> because this version of Key that, and by the way, I would say that this is akin to Quantum Leap. Like, they can go into their other universe's bodies. Yes. So, essentially, they're, instead of having, like, some machine do this, uh, like, a la time travel. Yeah, I mean, there is a Like machine. Time Cop? Yeah, sure. Just like, just like, yeah, Brad, just like Time Cop. The one with Ron Silver is the bad guy. Um, <laughs> Might be the best joke I've ever told on this show, dude. <laughs> if we start doing merch i think that might be our first shirt it's, what it like time front, cop yeah on the front says reviews and brews and on the back what like tom cop dot 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 oh good times uh, trademark and patent by the way we are yeah. that, that is yeah, i think yeah, that, that might be it uh um, holy shit that's funny no but they, they kind of do this like quantum leap thing and i love how the fact that it's like you you have to wear bluetooth to do it like really shitty bluetooth like, like the old 90s fucking yeah. bluetooth shit oh god it's so good but essentially like there's another there was i guess this is like we can do it this way that way i don't want to have to do a crazy build up but uh james hong's character uh, and key, they, they both have devised a way to basically travel the multiverse and key's daughter in that specific universe, uh, they kind of uses the guinea pig and she kept acquiring all her different selves to a point where she branched off into every single universe. And then she, she fully transcends and realize being everywhere is not the best thing. Like being, I guess the, the most enlightened 
is not the most beautiful thing. Mm, the most enlightened becomes the most darkest and depressed. You're the most you're the most yeah. alone. But at the same time, you really aren't enlightened because you're missing the point of being everywhere. Yeah. All at once. Um, wow. I, I mean, that's basically it. That that is the whole plot. Uh, of course, it goes in these crazy action pieces because it is a martial arts movie to some degree. But it is not the heart of this movie. Don't go into this no. by seeing the trailer going like, oh, is this just another action-packed kung fu movie? Because it's not. It really isn't. I'm, I think. I mean, it, it is. It is. But like, <laughs> I don't look at this movie and go like, yeah, it's just a kung fu movie. Hmm. It's like if. Um, it's a better version of the one with Jet Li. Well, it's, where he's uh, going all the multiverse. It, yeah, that's that actually is a true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's the uh, kung fu hustle? Like the, what's that dude's name? That does oh, all yeah, that? yeah, yeah. The ones like the good, the bad, and the weird. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like one of those movies mixed with the one mixed with like some Terrence Malick film about existentialism. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like that. It's like if Terrence Malick and Tarantino were like, look, I'll do the sweeping vistas. You just do Kill Bill action. And <laughs> okay. Uh, but aside from the action, I think the 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 heart and soul of this movie is what matters the most because it truly is about this woman searching through all her different identities of what she could have been to really firmly realize the importance of the now and the people that truly care about you because if yeah. you don't live in the now all those other universes don't even matter anyways because you're going to end up being a rock in the middle of nowhere yes can we talk about that scene yeah i think well, exp explain to the audience, though, about the different universes and the to get to that, because we don't want to thrust me like, and then you're a rock uh, with googly sure. eyes. Um, so if there is a down part of this movie, it is that there's a couple of scenes that are like pure exposition. Like it, and it, it's it's because you kind of need it quickly in order to understand what's happening on screen so that they can get back to the storytelling. Um but it is pretty exposition heavy in a couple of scenes. And one of the scenes is talking about verse jumping, which is how somebody can put on a couple of Bluetooth headsets and learn fucking Kung Fu. By... Well, also by doing, doing random weird yaks. Yeah. It's a, it's an algorithm that depends on randomness and the more random shit that you can possibly do, the more powerful you become, which is, in itself kind of also a piece of this movie because it's a, driven by chaos, right? The whole concept of this movie is finding happiness within the chaos. Um, so in the process of Evelyn figuring out how to verse jump, she becomes a world-class singer, a world-class chef, a kung fu master with the strongest fucking pinkies ever. The a most pinky kill with moment. a bicep, you know what yeah. I mean? Holy shit, I laughed. How so about hard. a lady with hot dog fingers? Yeah, a lady with hot dog fingers is when she's fucking up and doesn't quite get it, which is, it, it doesn't matter. It's fucking delightful the whole time. But across the multiverse, there comes a point in time where her and Joy the daughter become rocks. And Joy the daughter is the one that says the most pertinent thing in the whole fucking movie, which is, yeah, there's nothing here. And this is what most of the multiverse is lifeless, uh, which is, you know, to me, something that says, hey, you're alive. That's a kind of a fucking big deal. It doesn't matter if you're a rock star or yeah. a movie star. 
you're alive. And in that instance, that's fucking luck because everywhere else, you could end up being a rock. That's true. Um, I, mean, I mean, even if you don't look at it like, I mean, you could look at it from a religious standpoint or a scientific standpoint. Either way, it's a miracle of the fact that you and I are here. Like it happened. Why? I don't know, but we are. And we're talking and doing a, a podcast about dick and fart jokes. We're just in the the perfect place. Yeah. The perfect lucky place. Yeah. And that that scene, that dude, there's so many scenes that fucked me up. And that is one of them. Um, so not to segue or anything like this, but like I said, I'm pretty black hearted, but there's a few scenes that fucked me up in this movie where I was like, oh my God, I feel something. Oh, Whoa. dude, I almost I almost cried like three or four times. Okay, movie. so let me ask you this. Did you get that feeling during one of the fight scenes? Um, I mean, obviously the fight scene with her daughter at the end was like, just like, oh my God, you know, her daughter wanting to descend into the darkness into the giant bagel black hole. Everything, <laughs> the everything bagel, which I love that they did that. Yeah. But yeah, the, the daughter who in the multiverse is the villain created this black hole with the everything bagel because I mean, everything bagel should not exist. It's the perfect bagel. Yeah. Um, that got me and uh, essentially and the part where her her dad is holding her back from being held back from helping her own daughter she did it to herself yeah past. that's a generational pro- uh trauma yeah and and that yeah. got me um as far as i mean the the kihu kwan's one of my and i think we will go into fight scenes at some point during this conversation but the fanny pack fight scene did not make me cry, but God, it's one of the greatest fight scenes I've ever seen in movie history. Like ever. It's so good. It is genius. Like watching genius. a security guard scorpion in straight cinema is, is like, you know that when they yelled cut, they're like, dude, are you all right? Can you walk? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, I would say that fight scene got me. And um, even as ridiculous as it is when like uh, the daughter turns the security guard into Carmen Moran and then like kills the guys with the dildos. Yeah. There's the realization that uh, Michelle Yeoh has that her own daughter could be the death of her and not in this physical sense, but also an emotional sense that she's kind of done the exact same thing that her dad did to her. Yeah. And that was a heavy trauma, man. It was a heavy, heavy scene. And that's something, you know, I talked about a lot like recently with horror movies, like they could do better with that. Like how Halloween, the newest one, not the newest, newest one, but the last one did so well was like, oh yeah, it's a movie about trauma. Like the killer actually is more representative of trauma, not so much being yeah. Michael Myers. It's genius. Um, this movie takes that and turns it up to 11. 11. As Nigel Tufnell would say. Uh, I got choked up in a fight scene, man. And that's pretty wild. Uh, but it is the scene where they get sheltered in the S&M closet of oh, the yeah. business guy. Which, by the way, that business guy is one of the Daniels that directed this movie. Um, But the scene where she comes out and starts kicking everybody's ass and yanking their uh, gas masks off and throwing them to the family. I don't know what it was about that scene, man, but I was just like, man, I'm feeling feelings. What's going on here? This is a little weird. It's a fight scene. She's kicking ass and it's awesome, but it's really strange that it means something to me and I don't know what to do with these emotions. It's pretty wild, man. Well, she's literally fighting for her own life this whole movie and not in a physical sense like she's fighting to exist in the sense that is she is she defining herself by her trauma or is she moving past her trauma and using it as a strength and that's this whole movie 
and I think by the end of the movie, when you see what happens, uh, the, the, the finale at all, I, I don't know if what happened was literal. And I don't no. even know if it really matters. No, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that it is not literal. I don't um, think so either. I think she's spacing out while she's getting audited because it happens a few times and it goes right back to that at the end. But well, she's at peace, though. So just to, to give you a tidbit, originally in the script, it was going to be revealed that Evelyn has ADHD at some point in time. Oh, so that would have been lame. I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah, they pulled it out, which was absolutely a good call. But it is really most a point like that she's just considering her life choices and spacing out and imagining these things. Oh, she's so really disconnected, nice. super yeah. disconnected. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't remember the last movie that kind of did the existential human crisis in such a way that was just so profound and in an action movie of all things. Yeah, but still like, again, I'm black hearted as fuck, man. Like I will laugh in Titanic, old yeller. I, I will laugh every single time, but this movie fucked me up. Yeah, you should have seen Brad when we watched Schindler's List. Just did yeah. not stop laughing. I just could not. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> <laughs> he just point using his popcorn. Look, they're on the train. Guess where they're going? Oh my god, dude! <laughs> uh yeah. But I mean, harkening back to what we said at the beginning of the episode, like this is one of the more important movies, and I don't know, like, how to even convey that in a way. It's like just, just shut up and buy. Like you just buy this movie. Don't even rent it. Well, I guess. One of the things that we should probably like, we're we're not sponsored by this. We don't have any anything to gain by saying this is the fucking best movie that I've seen in like five years. Or but if A twenty four wants to send us some movies yeah. for free, we will if take you want to yeah. send me some money and some googly eyes for free, yeah, dude, I'll take it all day long. Um, but if anything, this show just feels fresh, man. Oh, so it new. feels new, and it feels like finally an original idea. I get it that the multiverse is not an original idea, but how this movie is executed is in such a fresh and new way that like, I, I just, I, I don't know how else to tell you to go watch a fucking amazing movie that will feel new and that you will enjoy. You, if at the very least you may not love this movie, but you will fucking enjoy it. You will absolutely be entertained. Well, it's approaching the multiverse is so different because we've all sat there and daydreamed like, well, what if I would have done this and I would have been this or like you and I both being musicians like, oh, would our life be different if we were like rock stars and we made millions of dollars? We've all gone down that weird, that path in our mind. We just get to see a literal cinematic version of it, it, you know, and and by the end of the movie, I think the, the, the real universe is at the New Year's party where she's drunk. And causing a scene, I think we finally yeah. get a glimpse into her real life, and you actually feel the pain. I mean, again, Michelle Yeoh deserves at least a nomination. I think she's brilliant in this movie. So uh, does Key, man. Key, oh, is Key, I hope so. I don't think he will. Shit. It's like one of those moments, like it was like Return of the King, where uh, Sean Astin totally deserved it to be yeah. nominated, and it man. just and everybody was vying for it, um, and it just didn't happen. And it, well, that's kind of weird. Another Goonie. It, all Goonies need. An Academy Award. <laughs> uh, I think Brolin's probably been nominated at this point, right? I don't think he has. No, I don't think so. Uh, he he's he's I think got the strength for one somewhere in there. I don't know oh, where it is, but maybe Corey Corey uh, storming the beach in Normandy speech and stand by me. Yes, from any point from that on, probably not. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Meatballs four, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I do. Maybe maybe he just comes out and swinging in Dune Part Two, and he, there's like some Gurney Halleck line where he's like playing his weirdo instrument that's in the books that I can never remember the name of. That's basically a sitar, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he's that's gonna happen. Oh, he's an amazing actor, but yeah. no, Kihu Kwan. I mean, c- coming out of retirement like that and doing a movie like god what a smart smart decision it's kind of like when um jackie earl haley who i, I hope it's a choice <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't I, think uh, he had a choice in this man i owe <laughs> a lot of money to the credit card <laughs> yeah. no but like jackie earl haley who uh was a big 70s teen heartthrob he did like bad news bears and all that stuff and then he just like disappeared and then he came back and did that movie little children and he was the weird, creepy, creepy oh. pedo go. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's scary and it's unnerving, but he's amazing in it. And then he does Watchmen and you're like, wow, he's really good. And even as crappy as it was, he wasn't a bad Freddy Krueger. The movie sucked. No, the movie he was, was terrible. And it's like, wow, this guy. And so I feel like he's kind of having a renaissance. And we talked about the liquor store. It's been like they're being hush hush about it, but there is a good chance he's probably going to show up in the new Indiana Jones. Yeah. And I'm OK with that. I hope so. Well, Either way, we got to enjoy him in this movie. Oh, he's and so good. He's the funny thing is that you don't realize it till about the end of the movie that he's the heart and soul of the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah. um, and it's not just because the alpha verse version of himself comes and explains the basic uh, mechanics of the movie. It's the fact that he is the heart and soul by telling everybody like you don't have to fucking be violent this whole time, guys. Just be kind. Be good to each other. When you're at your most vulnerable, that's when you should be the most kind. And that's literally the turning point in Evelyn's uh, whole character arc where she's like, holy shit, this whole time that he's been putting googly eyes on fucking laundry bags and annoying the shit out of me has been the answer the whole fucking time. He you know loves I mean? her. He's keeping it silly and keeping it yeah. light and keeping life fun. I mean, well, let's, let's get to that because we also get... I think one of the best monologues in movie history of recent times. Um, oh yeah, Evelyn. And it's jumps... all in Mandarin. I don't <sighs> even speak Mandarin. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's it's not all in Mandarin. Not mm. all of it. I think it it it, I it think weaves it jumps, in and out. It weaves in and out. Yeah. But Evelyn is going through the trials and tribulations of all all of uh, these multiverses, and she realizes that she has to be just like her daughter to absorb all herself into one to truly conquer. And then her daughter essentially convinces her, like, no, come through the black hole with me. We'll die together and just be in darkness. It's the only way to truly have peace. Nothing and matters. Nothing matters. It all sucks. Yeah. And everybody's out to get Evelyn at this point. And then we get to this point where she almost kills. She, she stabs her husband. And then this beautiful monologue comes out and he tries to stop all the henchmen. And it's such an amazing scene where he just puts his hands out and stops everybody. And he's like, well, it's pointless. It also takes place over multiple versions of himself. He's I, I doing, yeah, he does in every universe. That's the hard thing to describe about this movie is that we're describing a scene, but it actually takes place in several different places and well, several different versions of himself. So I think ugh. what it is is that she is, it's, it's jarring for her to jump in and out of all these different versions of herself where he's totally at peace with in himself in all these different universes. He is always who he is. He's always pure of heart in his intention. And he has this really beautiful moment where he's like, everybody needs to stop, stop fighting. Just you have to love one another. And that's, then we get that line, the line from not the present key, 
but the key the, that didn't... the the actress martial arts version key. Yeah, so we we one of the multiverses is Michelle Yeoh. I love how they use like actual footage yeah. of her walking the red car- carpet. Yeah, but she's so this good. famous Chinese martial artist uh, actor, and she didn't go with Key when they were supposed to get married. She left and became this big time thing. And he tells her at this point, he's like, you know, in another time, another place, a different universe, I would have been just fine doing taxes and laundry with you. dude it hit me so hard and the delivery of the way he does it too is just it's i haven't seen a nuanced performance like that that kind of like got me that was you know dave batista in blade runner 2049 the subtleties of knowing that he was a synthetic and that he was more human than the humans and they didn't see that yeah it was kind of the same thing you know it's like wow i mean you know, don't don't give up on the low grade actor guy because they're, they're the ones that can give you the best. No, nah, man, like he, it's it's perfect delivery. Uh, it is the line that fucking sunk my battleship for oh, sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no, B twelve percent. Because you said it, it's it's we we've both lived a life where we may have attempted to do something else and it didn't quite work out. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're doing is laundry and taxes at the yeah. end of the day and being perfectly content with it and, and hearing that it's okay to do that delivered in such a way was just like one of those moments where it was like, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be okay. I'm really fucked up right now. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me, but I'm going to be okay. Well, and the irony of it all too is that version of Key, he uh he went off and he was successful too. Went off to America, made millions of dollars. But he even like kind of states it's like, yeah, it really doesn't mean anything though. Like we could have had yeah. each other and I would have been just fine the other way. Like he's not engulfed in worldly pleasures, as they say. And well, um well towards yeah. the end, there's a line that he uh that Key gives uh as Wayland, not the alpha, but his, himself. Uh, and it was something that I didn't catch it the first time that I saw this movie, but I saw it last night where he says, uh, actually, no, it's Michelle Yeoh that says it. And it, she says it as the rocks when they're the, the rocks. And it says, we're all alone, but we're better together. We're stronger together is yeah. what it is. And that's kind of like what uh, he says in that line. And it's like, yeah, dude. I'm famous. Uh, you're you're a famous actress. You're doing all these amazing things. I'm successful. Look at us. We're gorgeous and beautiful and slick and shit. But you know what? Doing taxes and laundry actually sounds kind of nice. Yep, simplicity, my friend. Simplicity. What Talk I've learned man. after after being stuck inside for a year with COVID, you know, the, with yeah, the beginning no of it all, it's that you definitely learn what's important and what's not because when you have a pandemic thrown in your face where potentially we can go plant the apes and we all get sick and die what it nothing all, what, matters yeah like and that this movie kind of reaffirmed it wow 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 nothing wow, matters wow. except the people that you bring in your life man yep welcome to existential crisis episode of reviews and brews well i've noticed man. that too as i've gotten older now like you're almost approaching 40 i'm in my 40s and like i only want to surround myself with people that enrich my life and i enrich their life in the same like it's an equal it's a it's a dual relationship where the give and take is equal and everybody benefits and it's it, it it's soul fulfilling you know whether you believe in that kind of stuff or not and you know Fair it's enough. like I don't know. I, I, 
you see a lot of people not giving a shit about that kind of stuff. And this movie definitely will knock you on your socks about that. You're like, I need to call like my mom or my brother. <laughs> like by the end of it, it kind of puts you in that kind of like, you know, sense of mind. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Should we talk about the music of this movie? Uh, I, I want to get in the music. Let's just go. Let, let's just talk about the action real quick. Cause it is a martial okay. arts movie. Um, cool. The fanny pack scene. It's pretty good, man. Wow. Uh, Kihu Kwan, when he shows up as the, the multiverse version of, of himself in the IRS building, takes out all these security guards with chapstick, fanny pack, and those blue little rocks you put in your fish tank. I'm surprised wow. you didn't uh, want to talk about the butt plug fight scene. Well, we're doing action set pieces <laughs> right now. We, we will get there. I mean, there's dildos in this movie. There's French ticklers. There's butt plug awards. I, I mean... It's it's pretty all over the place. Uh, a dude does get beat to death with a couple of dildos. So, I mean, at the point where the two guards both have to shove things up their butts to actually regain their martial arts power is just quite pot. And I love how they they blur it out like <laughs> it's so good, dude. Well, I it's... mean, in 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 China, Japan, Korea, all those places, pornography like there is pornography, but they always. Or the genitals, yeah, and they did it like so perfect in this movie where the guy is doing like a scissor kick in the air, but you can still see the award in his butt, but everything else is like pixelated out. Do they? So, uh, I remember like uh, the first time that we saw this movie, and I was the only one in the theater that laughed was when uh, the first time they go to visit Jamie Lee Curtis in her office, and she's like do you think I have what it takes to get all these awards? And then it pans over to awards and they're like very clearly butt plugs. You know like I mean? enormous I, ones though. I just started laughing my fucking ass off and nobody else in the theater was laughing. And I was like, nobody knows, man. <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> oh, shit. I was really hoping she was going to like, when she was downing that milk, or whatever it was, it was going to be a thing at Activia because it would have made it so much funnier. She's like, I just imagine it's half and half. I don't know why, but just like fucking. <laughs> well, he does that at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's shit. That's true. I forgot. Yeah, about Yeah, because all the cattle in his universe have been killed off. So like cream cheese and milk are like the two like biggest commodities. Uh, but yeah, the action in this movie, like it's the most unique martial arts movie I've ever seen because it it's not even though Michelle Yeoh's in it. Like, I feel like there's been kind of a trope with her, like. Yeah, but she's she's basically Mulan. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's crouch and tiger, hidden dragon, everything she's in now if she has a fight scene. And that doesn't feel that way in this movie at all. It's the most unique fighting I've seen in a film. Uh, like, to your point, the one scene that made you emotional when she came out of the S&M closet dungeon, the first couple shots, people are swinging at her. There's no hits. No. You only see her neck up. So you're actually like kind of like, taken out of the visual aspect of what she's doing when well, her it's, eyes are closed the whole time too yeah it's a trip yeah. um and that's why it's so visceral um and that's what's interesting about this movie and i know that we've probably framed this movie as sounding bleak and it's really funny it yeah, is it's very funny movie it is serious subject matter but it's presented to you i mean like ultimately the show is also about depression i mean that's essentially what the everything bagel represents I, the funny thing is, like, we, we keep saying this shit, and if you haven't seen this movie, you're like, what are you talking about? Everything bagel. It's like, well, the main villain of the movie concentrates all of her negative energy into a bagel, and it turns into basically a black hole. 
uh <laughs> which <laughs> just, destroys just life say, itself yeah just saying it out loud is just like what dude and yeah. it's like oh yeah and then later on you're gonna go to like a benihana and there's literally a raccoon helping a dude cook like the the same thing in ratatouille uh it's this movie is fucking everywhere it's yeah. it's so bizarre and the title so is very clever <laughs> yeah it, it uh, or or is it? <laughs> it but man the uh the fight scenes they're very entertaining but they're also they all mean something i would say except for maybe the fanny pack scene at the beginning it's just kind of an intro to this is how these guys are able to do these things but then every single fight after that one actually kind of has a deeper meaning to it whereas when they break out of the s&m closet it's evelyn protecting her family when uh they're in the stairwell and the bagel version of jamie lee, jamie lee curtis's character is like literally flying knee first to evelyn's face and that's the first time that she's able to successfully verse jump means something but because yeah. how she gets there is through a different uh experience in her life i can't remember exactly which one it is because there's so many through these every choice that she makes to become more powerful in our multiverse our timeline sure whatever the fuck i i don't even know how to describe yeah, it but it ends up not even being our timeline that's the funny thing where yeah. like all it's the all chaos, in our fucking head yeah man. and also too i think one of the things that like when i was saying what made me kind of emotional in the last fight scene wasn't so much just the fight between her and her daughter but when she starts to fight with love. So all the henchmen are coming and she, yeah, she fights makes them, them. Like, make people marry. And yeah, shit. <laughs> she, she does. She fights with like love and like peace. Like the one of my favorites is the guy's had nerve problems in his neck and it's just causing pain. <laughs> she like, yeah, she does like a full like chiropractic <laughs> thing on him. And then the SM guy, she bends over and spanks him and he's like yeah. smiling, puts the ball gag in him. Like, it's just, it's so creative. It's so creative because it also shows the diversity in life too, that like, you may not agree with what people do in their private life, but if it makes them happy, you need to accept that. Even if you don't like what they do, yeah. I think that's what's interesting about this movie. It's like, it's, it is about inclusiveness. Like it really is about like, we are all one. We are all the same, even though we're very different at all. All our differences really don't matter at all. We all yeah. eat shit and die. Like Nothing we really do matters. Like if, if we're okay, this movie means a lot of things, but yeah. if there is like a core tenant to the whole thing, nothing matters is really what it is so taxes and laundry kind. man taxes and laundry dude be happy <laughs> approach everything with love and happiness and everything will be great <laughs> all right let's talk music okay all right let's get let's get I to your thing fucking love this score um so son lux is a trio of like electro hip-hop guys that i've followed for many 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 years at this point in time um the hardest thing about this score is not dipping in too far into the Asian world, right? Like, because if you start doing like Asian flutes and uh, Yi Kuang and all, all the it, Asian it panders, instruments, yeah, it you know, what I mean? to the, it the gets a little matter, pandery. Yeah, um, but there's just like just a subtle Asian flavor that's in this, but it is mostly electronic shit, um, toppled with really really weird versions of claire de lune um uh, which dude when they first drop it i'm like oh this feels cliche and then they're like no it doesn't no <laughs> there's a reason um and so there i mean there's 
they Claire de Lune actually drops a couple of times. Actually, three I think times. it's three times. Three times. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's because um, it, it represents each act of this movie. Yeah. Uh, there, I think it's the third time that it drops, and we get Evelyn uh, like patching things up with Jamie Lee Curtis's character with the hot dog fingers, and like they become a couple again. Dude, but did you think playing... you were about to? Do you think you were about to cry in a movie where people have hot dog hands? Yeah. You're like, oh my god! <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, like, it would take us five hours to thoroughly explain every multi, well, every, every fucking multiverse that comes up. But the hot dog fingers is like way the weirdest. Oh, dude, like, the, the 2001 lead up to yeah. why it happens made the me monkeys laugh. So, yeah, with the hot dog fingers wins, dude. Yeah, they kill the uh, one that has the normal. Head. But anyway, sorry, I don't want yeah. you tracked for it. But. So she's patching everything up, right? And then Jamie Lee Curtis's character is playing Claire de Lune on piano, but she's playing it with her feet. And the whole point of the scene is, hey, we got hot dogs for fingers. We got really good with our feet. But if you listen to the score. The Claire de Lune stuff, there's like missing notes. There's like notes that are like oh, just a little off, just a little bit. Like someone's really playing it with their feet, which oh, I is fucking it, amazing, sure. dude. Like it's just an absolute masterclass in attention to detail yeah. of what you should be hearing and what's going on at, uh, on screen and reflecting each other. And for this being Son Lux's first score. Oh my god, dude! What a fucking masterpiece, dude! Well, that's you're not... when you take you're taking sound to match character, which I think a lot of times like composers just go with emotion of the scene, where yeah. it's like, no, we're gonna actually. This is like if this is gonna happen in the real world, this is what it's gonna be like. It's organic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're not gonna walk away singing a melody from this movie, like you know, it's not Indiana Jones, it's no. not Star Wars, it's not like that, but it's just. It's such a fucking good score, man. Like, it's so good just because of how well it, it takes part in the storytelling of what this movie has to say. So it's been a long time since I've seen a score this powerful. Like, maybe Dune, maybe, but even Dune is still, it's like, yeah, we get it. It's Hans Zimmer. It's He's Hans the Zimmer. best. Yeah. Um, he won an Oscar for it. We get it. It's good. But, I mean, this is... This is the shit. This is the real shit. And well, that's the thing. I think like with Zimmer, like, of course, he always puts bangers out, but like it's not always like, oh my God, that made me feel something. It's like, oh, dude, that is dope. Yeah. This sometimes, sounds amazing. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. things need to be more than just dope and cool. Like it needs to be on a visceral level. Like, yeah, something that just kicks you. Like, for example, like recently, uh, spoiler alerts again, if you haven't watched all of Stranger Things, um, episode four, like throughout all of one through four, the Kate Bush song running up that hill was the theme to what was going on with the character of Max. And what, that was such an amazing way to incorporate music into storytelling yeah. about depression and trauma. Um, I love how that's like the theme, like even like, I'm going to use an example. Oh, same as this movie. Um, <laughs> but it's true. Like if you can use music to, to tell the story in a way where it connects not only like in a mood sense, but actually to the character in a, like almost in a physical sense. That's, that's beautiful. And yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. There's not a lot of composers that do that. No. Um, I mean, I would say Hans is one of them. Uh, they're the main masters do that. We're talking like 
John Williams. John Williams, Alan Silvestri, Howard Shore. Goldsmith um, when he was still alive. Goldsmith when he was still alive. Horner when he was still alive. Oh, yeah, Horner. Um, sure. I mean, there, there. it's not to say that there aren't composers that do that, but it's just, it's really hard to nail when even the masters accomplish that with a, a various movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a dying, dying art style though, too. I think uh, not to say that there's no amazing composers now, there's tons of them, but I, I think that kind of more visceral aspect Ooh. of it, it's kind of a little lost to some degree in some degree, um, maybe to the masses, but I mean, that's not to say that the most popular composer on the planet doesn't do that shit. And that would be Tom Holkenberg, AKA junkie XL. I think he's amazing. Have has he done something that makes me like go? Oh, I need to call my family. No, uh, you know, I have to think about that. He hasn't had the movie to do that. I don't yeah. think that's on because, dude. Like when almost all of your movies have been with Zack Snyder, it's kind of hard to say. Like, yeah, dude, the score is good, but I I never got to that place where I could cry. You know what I mean? You know, it I is, think he'll get there. I think you know, I think there. was who was on that was Johan Johansson. I think he would have. Yes, I 100%. think like even even the man, the Mandy score is fucking yeah. phenomenal because it just shows like the, the beauty and the simplicity of the, this couple's life before chaos happens. God, I mean, that score. Talk about one to go out on, too. I mean, the guy dies that like well, he died at my age. He was, I think, 42, 43. He was pretty. He was mm, yeah. young. He's pretty young. Um, pink. Being overweight and having cocaine is not a good thing, right? <laughs> uh, if that's <laughs> allegedly, 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 yeah. allegedly. Uh, I will do but... this cocaine and be in my forties, and I might wake up. I don't know. No, uh, but uh, his assistant is definitely capable of it. Hildor is definitely on on that wave. I mean, she won a fucking Oscar for Joker. You know what I mean? Which is obviously she was going to win. Obviously, score. because that score is fucking phenomenal. Good score. Uh, um, mediocre, uh, just basic movie. No, the movie fucking sucked, but yeah. the score is amazing. Um, she, I think, has the capability. Have you ever watched Chernobyl? Did you ever? No, watch I heard it's amazing though. Oh my god! Uh, I love score Jared, for Chernobyl is fucking is phenomenal. I, mean, I love Jared Harris. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, so I'm is. always down to watch whatever he does. Uh, I they actually released on vinyl recently the uh, the score to Chernobyl. Really. Yeah, I'd be yeah. down. I'd be down. But Hildor is like carrying on uh, where Johan left off, and okay. it's a lot of it is because you know she was his assistant, so it's kind of apparent where he ends and she begins. Mm. Um, but she's she's got some some fuel in the tank for sure, hundred uh, percent. I just was hoping he would have been Denise John Williams for. Many, many, many years to come. Man, dude, could you imagine a Johan score for Dune? I it mean, would. I think I it would have been. Have the, any complaints about the? No, Dune but it score. would. It would have been the banger, though. It, it probably would have been, been. I mean, it would have been like uh, the score for Arrival. Yeah, dude, like that score is so fucking tight. It's yeah. so good. It's so goddamn good. Uh, and his score for Sicario too is phenomenal. It's so good. So is Mandy. I mean, I don't think yeah. he has a crappy score. No, he doesn't. He's he is gone too soon, man. R.I.P. Baby. I mean, he did that favorites. thing. He did that thing with Mandy, where it was like, "Oh, it's an A's movie. I'm gonna kind of do a little ethereal tangerine dream with this, uh, but I'm gonna do my but own the heavy on. metal version of that." Yeah, yeah. like he's, he's so Scandinavian. Like, well, I'm Viking. I am a Viking. We're gonna do he's, it the Viking way. I'm practically black metal as is, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> uh, direction. 
the Daniels. Two Daniel dudes. Do I know these guys? I feel like I've I've you've I, seen I, one of their movies. I guarantee you have. All right, Swiss on. Army Man. Oh, okay. This uh, it's all making sense now with the googly eyes. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, all right. Wow. I mean, let's just start with that. I wow. feel like they, they they try to make Swiss Army Man emotionally connective, and it was a little bit in performance wise. Like Paul Dano is amazing, and Dan he's Paul Dano, and Dan Radcliffe is awesome. I mean, talk about a dude that was like, no, I'm not going to go the Mark Hamill route and disappear because I did a franchise. Like, yeah. did the smart stuff. Let's just do any stuff. Um, but at the same time, didn't hit as hard as it should have. No, the emotional it, content of Swiss Army Man is not the same as this movie, dude. Not well, even, you can't close. use a dead body to fart to like ride yeah. on in the water. The the Daniels always refer it to as the dead farting body movie. <laughs> the boner <laughs> compass movie. Uh oh, dude. Daniel Kwan did uh an episode of Legion. Which makes sense. Uh let's see what else. Swiss Army Man. Legion is fucking unreal if you have not watched legion watch dan stevens just i never finished it oh my god he's so good i know i know i'll sit down and watch it but um i mean these guys together i don't know like i i think this is if swiss army man was like the test footage this is like the proof of concept yeah like Like, i i I think they're gonna go further um i'm seeing they have no other projects in the the making right now and and then today too i I had no idea the russo brothers had anything to do it's like yeah we know marvel you guys like multiverse well we're gonna show you a different version of it hey could you guys do doctor strange sorry ma'am we're busy writing our own movie fuck Ah, uh, fuck it. Let's get Sam Raimi. He'll hey, do so, Sam, stupid. what do you have? What yeah. do you have for us? Do you like zombies? <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. So, hear me out. Evil Dead Four, but it's an MCU thing. So, um, the Daniels' direction in this movie is, you know, I I have a hard time debating if it's actually direction or editing. Um, I think it's both, man. It, it very well could be both. I think this movie will win Oscars. I'm not sure which one it will be, but I guarantee you editing is going yeah. to be the one that wins one Oscar. I just love um, that you can travel and look at any universe by doing like the, the hand vagina joke. Yeah. Or the, this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just unbelievable, man. There's nine people that did all the effects in this movie and all of the editing that happens, there's a couple of scenes where like Evelyn traverses all of her multiversal cells, but it's within like a five second clip. And it, it, it's kind of funny considering that the technology has gotten it to the point where it's like, I can put 30 frames of film into one second and your brain will be able to see every single one. That's crazy. That's fucking bananas. And that's kind of what this entire movie is. It's all of those different versions hitting you all at once, but your brain still being able to be like, okay, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody holding a shovel, an Oscar, a dildo, and a sword all at once. You know what I mean? Like all that happens all in such a tasteful and stylistic way that I can't help but just be like fucking bravo, man. Like... The fact that these two dudes came together and they have that kind of creativity where it starts big with that type of shit. Like 
she gets sucked into a closet and she sees herself being born and she sees all of her life decisions in a utility closet down to the, like the minute things of when Jobu Tabaki is walking by and her nails are changing colors as she drags it along the wall, you know, like she's experiencing everything everywhere right here, right now, all at once. It's and not she's just bored. a fucking clever. And she's bored yeah, the whole she's time. Bored. She just wants to fuck shit up because she's so bored. But I think editing for sure is the the like the most amazing uh technical part of this movie but having the conscientious of the director's direction of this movie is unbelievable like unfucking real how their foresight went through this entire thread of a movie and such a mess like this movie could have been a mess dude like Think you about, mean like Doctor Strange? Yeah, <laughs> the multiverse Sam of doing this shit. You know, it's like okay, it again. the the multiverse. Okay, but there's like two, right? No, it's the multiverse, man. It's infinite. Okay, but we're only gonna do two, right? But you like pizza, right? Yeah. But what if it was balls? Okay, but what if stop meant go and go meant stop? That's weird, right? You like Bruce Campbell? He's he's lovely. He's yeah. going to come back and in the post credit scene. He's going to stop slapping himself <laughs> and he's going to go finally. And it's going to totally make you remember all the evil dead in the army of darknesses. But man, there's just, there's so many amazing choices that are made in this movie. Like, okay, let's talk about Rakakuni and <laughs> the, the direction of that. Where it's like, okay, but Okay, so Rakakuni gets taken, okay? And Evelyn literally jumps on this dude's shoulders and controls him the same way Rakakuni does so they can go rescue Rakakuni. Fuck it. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Like that, that. It's so dumb but amazing at the same time. (laughs) It's so, it's so wacky. It's so weird. It's so silly. Uh, and normally I think silly shit like this would turn me off. You know, but you feel it though, because the dude's lost without Rakakuni. You're like, oh my God. It's It's like, (laughs) The silliness means something. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think that's the difference. It's not like um, composer Chris and I get in this conversation all the time where, uh, you know, a heartfelt moment is being had between two different characters and somebody's got to make a dick joke. You know what I mean? Like, just like, it's getting too real. Let's fucking throw a dick joke and bring everybody back. You know what I mean? Um, he, he says that James Gunn is very guilty of that. And it's really hard not to disagree with him on that because he's right. Yeah, in a comic but, movie, though, it works. Unfortunately. Well, in this, it's... Okay, it's not a dick joke. It's a really random, weird-ass raccoon yeah. Pixar joke. You know what yeah. I mean? It's There's a level of silliness that you have to get behind into this movie in order to, A, truly understand it, and B, truly appreciate it. And I think that's on the Daniels, man. Like they they chose to make it this fucking weird. They had James Hong come out in like his wheelchair RoboCop like fucking armor at the end of this movie, and it's like why like old Mac old Macintosh why? computers? Why well, I mean, why do well, that? I mean why that's not? what that's what ruined uh, it. Chapter two. It was like those moments where it built so hard. Like with Eddie Kasprak, for example. And yeah, he, getting he vomited has, on to some... Uh, well, no, not even that. Like when he has the showdown with... Um, when he gets stabbed in the face by... Oh, by uh, Henry Bowers. By yeah. Henry Bowers. And you're like, oh my God, this is a gnarly scene. And then he's like, oh, change your fucking haircut. It's not the 80s anymore. Like, dude, you just got stabbed in the face. Like, yeah. why, why take a very important scene for us 
and the characters and reduce it to that. Like, we don't need a laugh. We don't need one. Like, especially in It Chapter 2, like, if, if, if when they're kids, it's supposed to be a little more lighthearted by Chapter 2. No, it should as be the audience, crazy, we don't we don't get a get a free uh, out of jail card. We don't get one. We don't. No. We get to be suffering the whole time and get the bleakness. And a lot of stuff. The new Obi One series suffers from that. We we don't deserve that as the audience. We haven't earned that yet. Yeah, we no. had the fun. We had the popcorn before. Now we have to eat our vegetables. Yeah, but I'm glad that this movie does that. But it's like, okay, you're gonna eat broccoli. Well, you can smell M&M's while you do it. Is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> you might be having a stroke. No, but we don't get... And that's another thing about this movie I think everybody needs to go into if you haven't seen it. Um, there, it's not going to hold your hand. No. No, I mean, that's not to say that there isn't exposition in this movie to help no. you understand it, because it, it's pretty heavy-handed. If you don't get this movie, then that's kind of on you and you're a mouth breather. Sorry. Here's the thing. You got on the city bus and the bus driver looks at you and you're like, are you going to this route? No, but I'm going to smoke all this meth and just see what happens. <laughs> like, ah, shit. <laughs> That's this movie, except with meaning. Oh, my God. So good. So Unreal. Good. What a movie, man. What a movie. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't suggest it more. Uh, it is by far, definitely. If this year ends at a point with Rescue Rangers, Morbin Time, and all this other shit. Thank God we got this movie. I, yeah, I, I will. I think, uh, well, we're gonna rate this motherfucker here in a second. Oh yeah, but I sure. think yeah. that uh, that in the, like the past, I don't know, twenty or so reviews that we've done, I've kind of come to incorporate part of my ratings as being: Am I gonna watch this movie again? Oh, and if the movie is. No, I'm never going to watch this movie again. It's going to score really low, just so you know. It's going to score fucking low. Um, I'm going to watch this movie a lot, 100%. I, I, in the two times that I have seen it, I've noticed some big shit that I missed the first time. And every t- subsequent time that I watch this movie, I'm probably going to see something I didn't notice before. And that, my friends, is a fucking film. If you think that you got this movie the first time watching, or even the second, third, fourth, fifth time, you are sadly mistaken because this is one of those movies. It is literally the gift that keeps on giving. You're going to get something each time. Like, oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh my God. This yep. is like, it's literally just like, it's the Hellraiser puzzle box. Like, do you like pleasure? <laughs> like every, t- every spin's going to open the sights. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, man. Like it's a gift. Like for, for people that love art, especially in this medium, whether it's movies, film, uh, music, whatever, uh, it's something it should continually give to you. And if it can't, then it's not serving its purpose of why it was created. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I guess that's subjective, but are you going to feel that way about Morbin? Morbin time? No, no. <laughs> you know, no, absolutely not. Yeah, but if you saw that Jared Leto had an eighth ab, oh, <laughs> he's got a ninth ab and it's his dick. Um, <laughs> this movie is a gift for art and cinema fans. Like it truly is. You should feel lucky that you live in the time that you do to have this. Yep. And it's as not Forrest just Gump tight. Said, yeah. Uh, as Forrest Gump said, I, that's all I got to say about that. Let's rate it. Let's do it. All right, we've got a point system. Uh, one point equals bad. 
really, really bad, guys. Yeah, like really like, bad. If there was like a multiverse of badness, <laughs> might be Doctor Strange too. It might be. Like, okay, so what obviously if you're following along, one pint bad, five pint good. Yeah. Um, what what would you give Doctor Strange? Just curious. Um See, Reed Richards turns into spaghetti. When I think of that type of spaghetti, I think of the canned Chef Boyardee spaghetti, which is not good. But then when I think about the movie we just talked about, I think about like traditional Italian food that takes like two hours to make when you sit down and get drinks. Family you're you're thinking place. way too hard about Hold on, I'm not done. And then the, <laughs> the mom that's like a thousand years old at this Italian restaurant, she, she hand makes all the pasta. Divided by four times 12. Doctor Strange fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, it did. That's my rating. No, I give it a a, a a pint and a chaser. Probably pretty close to that, man. Yeah, probably okay. But um, so we established one pint bad, five pint good. What do you give everything, everywhere, all at once? So if I go into that kitchen, the old Italian. <laughs> oh my god, man! I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to go outside of a rating system. I'm going to do something new today. Oh, shit. I'm doing four pints, and I'm doing two whiskey chasers. That's five pints, bud. Almost, but that's not a beer. So I just, uh, uh, I'm leading up to that fifth pint. I want to drink that five, that fifth pint. My only thing, my only small qualm, it's in, it really, I mean, I'm going to watch this movie like a thousand times up until I die. Um, it's a little long. It's a it's little, a little long. It's a little long. Does it Every take away? Every minute is enjoyable, but that doesn't mean the fact that it is a little long. You're and you right. know, and and I was only reminded because like oh, I need some more coffee and hit pause. I'm like there's a fucking another hour to go. Holy shit! Um, but other than that, like, is that a real critique of this movie? Not really. No. Not really, because I enjoy every second of it. So. You just have to make sure to set your schedule correctly when you watch this movie. You wouldn't have anything to do. Other True. than that, I mean, it's, it is damn near almost a five-piner. Like, I want to give it a five-pint. Does it deserve a five-pint? Most certainly, yes. It feels it's like almost it, there. for sure. It's almost there, but I, I can't. I can't. No, so, I agree. It's 4.5 for me. Um, and it is, it is the time. Yeah, I, again, I loved every fucking second of this movie, but it is a little long. Um, but it is, there is a certain surreal weirdness slash silliness that you have to get behind in this movie. And if you can't get behind that surreal weirdness, you'll be entertained, but you won't love this movie. So I don't think it's necessarily for everybody, but my God, is it for me? Just as long as you don't see it and go, it's fucking stupid. Don't. Yeah. Go watch a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, the the the, the car. Go, go, listen, Brad. The car, right? So Vin Diesel driving, right? And and, <laughs> and he and, shoots out of a tank. No, 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 no. Space. There's a bridge on the island, and the car swings like Tarzan. <laughs> it's amazing. Maybe, that cinema. Maybe Fast and Furious isn't the the best way let's let's keep to your morbid time it's a morbius movie go watch morbius oh, okay so the least singer 30 seconds to mars he hangs out with a bat because like he's got cancer or aids i'm not sure he's sick and like a bat bites him and then he's like i'm gonna fight spider-man 
And then he's like, I'm totally going to send inappropriate pictures to underage girls. <laughs> yeah. And, allegedly. Allegedly. And then I'm going to get allegedly me too, because that's <laughs> what beautiful people in Hollywood do. All right. <sighs> right on. Well done. Man, that was a, that was a, whew. we actually were able to talk about this movie. Well done. I thought it was just going to be like, you going to cry. I'm going to cry here. Oh, Almost. I didn't cry but I got close and that's saying something for this. I think the last time that you did that in a movie we saw was the dance scene in shape of water. Yep. I got pretty close. I don't think I cried, but I got damn near close during that scene. Cause that scene is <sighs> that fucking del Toro. He just knows how to cut to me. All I think of is Dr. Evil with Rob Lowe. You're going to cry. No, I'm not gonna cry. And he keeps throwing the ball. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So if you need to see this movie, no, not if you need, you have to see this movie. You should, you uh, should go see this movie. It's, it's in the theater right now. It's available on, I think, every streaming platform that you can buy a film from. So do it. Uh, we are on the social medias at Reviews Brews on Instagram, at Reviews Brews Pod on Twitter. Rate, like, subscribe, check us out. Brad, you want to send us off into outer space? We don't do our thing anymore. I think the thing's dead. I just I just like deuces. You want to do deuces? Deuces. That's uh, what I'm feeling today. All I'm going to say to you is, no matter what universe that I'm in, I would be totally happy drinking beer and doing a podcast with you. <laughs>